We've talked a little bit about our personal velocity system, and one of the key habits is planning and regular reflection. So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk a little bit about those two habits. This week, we're going to discuss some people who have shaped our modern world, Einstein, Edison and Tesla, and Grace Hopper. Welcome to the Living Life Our Way podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you live intentionally. Our goal is to take back control of our lives by living life on our terms. Join us as we work towards living life our way. Welcome back. I'm Jeff. I'm Troy. Albert Einstein was a master of thought experiments. Intricate mind adventures where he would go through and work out different physics problems just in his head. This kind of planning and reflection all bundled into one is kind of how he got to some of the groundbreaking ideas he had in science. That's right. He's famous for his walks and his ability to process these uh, these complicated ideas just mentally without writing them out, just working through them and, and allowing that reflection to sort of crystallize some of the concepts that, you know, really revolutionized physics and revolutionized the world. Yeah, and what he worked on for the last 30 years of his life, he never actually finished. It's his unfinished symphony, his magnum opus, this unified field theory that he came up with. He he never finished, but he did make a lot of progress that helped future scientists. Well, and, and I think one of the interesting lesson, lessons as we look at at that, and as I've done a little bit of, uh, uh, of research and better understood his life, was that, that it wasn't just about finishing. You know, he, di- he didn't get frustrated and aggravated. I'm sure that he had some of that, but it, he didn't quit because that, that process of reflection and of expansion was something that he found so uh, motivating and exhilarating and led to such great advancements. So it wasn't about just the end. You know, clearly for him, that reflection and those thought experiments were they were the journey that he chose to, to, to undertake and that he enjoyed. Yeah, we've kind of talked a little bit about the process of becoming something. Right. That there's value in the becoming of that thing, but there's also process in the journey towards becoming that. And I think Einstein largely recognized that, that even if he never finished this, that him working towards this unified field theory not only helped him, make progress in his personal life, but it also helped others who would take over his work and make progress. It's a great point, you know, that so much or so often we're contributing to the journeys of others as we are um, engaged in the journey, you know, in our own journey. So, uh, so he didn't finish, but, uh, but it was an important uh, travel and it was obviously something that, uh, that made great advancements possible for uh, not only the world directly through him, but through developments that have have built upon what he did. Yeah, and I I think reflection is a huge key to that, to recognizing that even if we don't make all the progress we want to right out of the gate or in the timeline that we kind of set for ourselves, that that progress is still progress. Right, and it's interesting to compare him now if we look at Tesla and and um, Edison, you know, two other giants in, in scientific thought, they had very different approaches to their reflection and the way that they sort of uh, did their work. Yeah, so you have Edison, who is a doer, and you have Tesla, who is a thinker. Tesla famously had a photographic memory, and he was able to completely work out problems just in his head, just sitting and visualizing. In fact, he said once that he could go through an entire troubleshooting exercise for an invention that hadn't even been invented yet. He could go through the prototyping stage 
all in his mind because he had such an amazing it's incredible uh visual power of visualization right edison on the other hand he just went and tried things and then reflected on those things he has 3500 notebooks that are stored in new jersey that he filled with ideas and kind of reflections on his tests and trials right and i think that the important thing or at least what was interesting for me in comparing them is they both were marvels in terms of invention and understanding these novel concepts that really fundamentally altered the way that we live now. But they approached them differently, but in the same way. It was always a process of building on. That that reflective process was all about what can I learn from what I just did or concepts that I just considered that move me forward to the next concept or the next uh, um invention or the next uh you know revelation that that you might have that they might have so for edison it was very tactile it was you know get things out and put them together see what blows up and what doesn't and then move to the next step but that's still a reflective process what can i learn from what just happened what just blew up you know whereas uh tesla you know in part because of the way that his mind worked he was able to do a lot of that reflective and that iteration mentally without having to to actually conduct physically every one of those iterative experiments so we all work differently but i think that the big lesson to learn from from both of them as well as einstein is taking some time to reflect on hey what did I just, you know, what did I experience? What did I learn? What can I take away that helps me move towards what I'm trying to accomplish? So, yeah, it's it's interesting uh, looking a little bit at Einstein with unified field theory, which he never finished. And then Edison with his notebooks. Tesla is one who wrote down ideas for things, but never really outlined that process mm-hmm. of uh, he didn't learn in public, I guess, so to speak. And you, a lot of his inventions are gone. Like he, he writes about them that they worked, but there's no real blueprints for doing them. And so there's things that he created. And so kind of that learning in public, not necessarily putting it all on Instagram or putting it all out there for everyone, but really documenting your process can help you maybe when you're a parent, helping a kid go through the same thing that, that reflection I think is a, is the written reflection. There's a lot of power to it. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. So the last person we're going to talk today about is Grace Hopper. And she's someone that I'd never heard of, but as I was looking through kind of some great uh, inventions and great thinkers of our day and age, she was one that popped up uh, a lot. And she actually wrote the first modern coding language. It was called COBOL or the Common Business Oriented Language. And it was a computer compiler that took input from the human in the English language and then put output numbers into the computer and had it run programs that way. So she was someone who not only was she breaking down barriers in terms of scientific advancements as a woman, but also was the first person to really think, hey, these computers that have always been done with numbers, maybe there's a way to do them with language that makes it easier for other people to use these computers that maybe don't know coding. Right. And I think that the the great thing as you were telling me about this story and just thinking through it is... She, her reflection was really the assimilation, the idea of, 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 of assimilating what she was, the, the interaction that she was having with her coworkers, and then this sort of discrete interaction that she had to have with the computers where the, there was not a, a language interface. And so I just thought, you know, what, 
those are some of the coolest inventions and, and innovations that we see is when there's these two sort of disparate universes that someone realizes or sort of recognizes that that they're separate, but that there's got to be a way to to make them overlap. There's got to be a way to to create synthesis between these two these two disparate or these two discrete things. And uh, and so I I think that so much of it is uh, so much power comes from reflecting on different areas of our lives and then finding ways to 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 meld them to bring them together yeah absolutely she wasn't the first person to write a coding language but she was the first person to write that kind of compiler and really come up with that idea because she saw the need for her business associates that they needed to be able to use computers outside of someone who just is a programmer right yeah and so kind of looking at our lives saying what can i do financially that will help me get to a place where i need to be recreationally or uh, in my exercise, kind of those those cross disciplinary linkages are really where the power comes in and where innovation happens. Well, and looking at it at a personal level, we talk about these different lenses. You brought yeah. up the idea of what do I need to do financially to to influence, you know, my recreational pursuits or whatever else, and it works. All of those work you know, potentially yeah. synergistically, although oftentimes they unfortunately work in the opposite of, of synergy. Yeah. You know, we're also, we're often uh, somewhat destructive to our financial yeah. life or, you know, looking at it through our financial lens by what we do recreationally or what we do professionally or what we do, you know, socially or, or vice versa. And so I think that you're exactly right, sort of, again, bringing those different views together those different lenses or those different areas of our lives together and trying to find those places where we really can create synthesis is 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 powerful yeah there's no question so i mean today we've talked about these three people obviously they had very different methods of planning and reflection we've been working on our own method of planning and reflection um it's certainly not in final form yet but it is uh it has helped us a lot make a lot of progress over the last couple months as we've been last few months i guess as we've been trying to be more that. intentional about exactly how we do it and more systematic in how we do it yeah so d planning daily um really has helped us increase our productivity just by getting clarity and, and to be clear the the combining of the reflection and the planning yeah. is where i feel like i've uh, been being really intentional you know and and consistent in reflecting on the day reflecting on the week and then planning based on those reflections so that I'm trying to iterate intentionally. Um, it's been, it's, it's really powerful. It's, yeah. it's surprisingly powerful. Yeah. So we're, we're looking forward to talking more about this planning and reflection. Um, next week we'll steer out of the STEM uh, focus and into some other area of our lives that we can kind of tackle that way. Great. Um, so I guess we're to Tuesday's top performers. Great. So mine this week actually is back to STEM. We, as we were researching people, Marie Curie just kept popping up as one of these great contributors to the scientific field. Um, she unfortunately doesn't have much documentation about her methods of finding new things, so we weren't able to incorporate her. But two-time winner of the Nobel Prize, once in physics, once in chemistry. Right, amazing. Uh, first woman ever to uh, win the Nobel Prize. Then she was now the in 1995. She her ashes still radioactive were moved to the Pantheon in France 
first woman to be interred there. So she is uh, really kind of an incredible woman that I didn't know very much about. Um, so if you get a chance, it's worth reading up on Marie Curie. Yeah, a hero of history for sure. So mine's a little different this week. It is one of the most notable landmarks in the Midwest. It's the Gateway Arch in St. Louis, Missouri. And it's this gorgeous, towering silver arch that that stretches uh, over the... Uh, that that stretches alongside the Mississippi River. And, and, and it's beautiful during the day, but at night with the lights glistening off it, it's just, uh, just spectacular. But every May, and then again in September, they do something interesting there. They turn off the lights, and the, reasons why, the reason why they do that is because the lights can be disorienting to the hundreds of species of birds that migrate along the Mississippi River. And I thought it was really a cool story because as beautifully as it shines, you know, and it's just, again, just stunning. They found that they need to turn off the lights to help these birds fly and do so safely. And I think it's a good reminder for us in our lives. You know, no, we, we all want to shine. You know, we all have amazing things and amazing talents and amazing gifts that we have ourselves. But sometimes it's okay for us to turn the light off on us, you know, shine a bit, yeah. a bit less to allow others to fly. And uh, I think that with social media, maybe it's a little harder to, to recognize that maybe we're shining a bit too much in ourselves and we need to turn it down a little and let others, uh, let others fly. So that was my sort of takeaway from the week is it's okay sometimes to turn off our lights to let others fly. Yeah. Well, if you're looking for more kind of highlights like this, we do have a newsletter that we send out every Wednesday. It's our top five things of the week. It's something interesting, something innovative, a quote, a book of the week, and then something funny to end it out. And we love writing that, love putting it together. We have a bunch of people that have provided great feedback and love getting it to their inbox. So if you'd like to sign up, we'll put the link in the description and uh, look forward to seeing you in the next one.